Welcome to Telegeography Explains the Internet, the show that explores the business behind all of the ways humans stay connected around the world. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, and my guest today is Dario Betty, CEO of the Mobile Ecosystem Forum. I enjoy having industry association folks on the podcast because they can pull back from the perspective of a single vendor or operator and give us a picture of the key issues in a particular area of the telecom industry, which is exactly what Dario does in this interview for all things mobile. Dario first explains what the MEF does and does not do for its members. And then the rest of our conversation gets into a great overview of the key issues at play in the global mobile market. We talk about fraud, of course, and always needing to stay one step ahead of the bad guys. We talk about what is happening with roaming as carriers turn off 2 and 3G networks. We talk about security for mobile networks and meeting the ever-increasing mobile bandwidth demands. And of course, we couldn't uh, not talk about 5G and even, yes, 6G mobile service and what we see happening there. So we cover a lot of ground, and I think you'll find it to be a useful review of what is top of mind in the mobile world presently. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to the show, Dario. I love there. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely, I I really like your your room tableau. It looks like you're a model builder, maybe. Uh, lots of some of these give it away. No, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a famous uh, built block that I shall mention. Yes, exactly. Isn't it no? Uh, you know, so trademark issues or whatever. But yes, it definitely. My I, I bought my uh, son a a fancy um, version of of that same toy for Christmas this year. We haven't gotten around to building it yet. So you've inspired me. I need to get. I need to get to it. So, yeah. Dario, could you give us a, a brief background on yourself? You're the CEO at uh, the Mobile Ecosystem Forum. How did you get there and um, and uh, end up at the the top of uh, the Mobile Ecosystem Forum? Well, uh, probably serendipity. I didn't plan to or even think that I was going to be that involved in math. Those are the best career paths, the ones that take you by surprise while you're just working, right? So, yeah. Very worse. Now, my, my career, because I started being an analyst in uh, telecom and mobile telecom uh, late 90s, and then I ended up working for mobile operators. Surprisingly, all throughout my careers, all my um, employers were all members of math. So, always mm-hmm. lived with math. Mm-hmm. At one point, I was in the board of MEF, so I was uh, elected uh, to represent uh, one of the operators. I was working in Russia at the time, and I was representing it there. And after that, it was a bit of a transformation, and I was asked to take part. There we go, uh, in this transformation. So MEF, just like the industry, have changed. And eventually, one of the changes, they picked up somebody that didn't work into <laughs> the organization, so the trade association, really. And mm-hmm. yeah. That was five years ago. Six. Yeah. There we go. And so, a background in mobile operator more than anything else, and mm-hmm. uh, now managing different conversation with different people and different expertise. I really like it. It's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you already cleared up one of my questions, which is, are we saying MEF, MEF? Because I've also had on the show a couple of times the folks from the Metro Ethernet Forum. Of course, it's a, there's two MEFs in the industry, but you know, we'll just we'll work through it. You know? Exactly. I guess MEF is now called as the MEF Forum. And right, okay. And we are MEF. But uh, I think confusion will continue. As uh, as I said, the changes also. We, we, we had a clearer path before between mm-hmm. the 
forum and and ourselves. But it's good to have more people talking about exciting stuff. So that's yeah. our problem. Yeah. And uh, in reality, you can call MEF as you want it, where some people reflect as MEF or MEF, mm -hmm. or, but our full name is a mobile ecosystem forum. Where we gotcha. Go. So I'm going to say MEF because that's easier. You know, it rolls out. You know, so. Here we go. Yeah. So why don't we start there with maybe give us a, a so all the organizations you've worked with had already been in MEF. It's been around a while. Could you just give us a, a brief history of the organization and, and what its purpose was in the industry? Yes, so the Mobile Ecosystem Forum um, begins in, in the year 2000, first as another official, but it's got a, 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 an official start in February 2001 when it was incorporated. So by now it would be a 22 year old uh, company mm -hmm. also. Um, why did it start? Because there were multiple places to talk about mobile. But this wanted to be a place where everybody had an equal say in looking at the ecosystem since the beginning. And so looking at the fact that there might be big companies, small companies, there might be mobile operators, but wholesalers, there might be content providers that were just coming to the field. And by now we have banks, retailers that are yeah. part of our associations. Yeah. All of them are delivering their services on mobile. Mobile is everywhere. All of them have got a say in mobile and a different perspective. So mm -hmm. we look at the different parts and we are, we are a place for people to go talk and act on mobile. Right. So why do you think that that is necessary in the industry for, for providers? And, and you even mentioned like banks, for example, to get together and and sort of work these things out when, when ultimately they are in competition with each other more or less, right? So Absolutely. Well, uh, and sometimes it's, it's easier to say that a trade association, you know that your trade association will represent your interest as Tradex, as mobile operator, as bank, etc. And they exist and they should be. What we look at, what sometimes is not easy to address, as just one player or one type of player. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the education of the entire market. So that's why you go and talk to multiple players and enrich the solutions. Sometimes you talk about bad things as well, like fraud. Now, if mm -hmm. fraudsters... You know, they like chains because, uh, you know, services are not delivered by so many people. So they try to find the weakness and attack right. the weakness. And you cannot look, look at this weakness unless you work together, mm -hmm. you know, end to end. So that's some of the reasons why the ecosystem view is more important. And the mobile market is one that has changed towards a more equal ecosystem. Let's face it, in the late 90s, the mobile operators had a very quick, you know, and, and, and stronghold. On, uh, on on the market, they decided what they wanted to do because their services. The new model that we see now has opened up a lot of services on top with the internet, and that means that well, everybody is part of it, but the operators are not responsible for everybody else business mm. either. Mm -hmm. So how do we make sure that they they all collaborate? Because a lot of customers will go and call back their operators when something bad happens. Um, but then the operator wouldn't necessarily know what's happening. So right, right. You need to know uh, which throat to choke and how it goes along that chain, right? So, exactly. yeah. Sometimes it's a question of communication and alignment. It's as simple as that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that's it. It's interesting. I, I actually just had on the show uh, Philippe Millet from the i3 Forum, and um, and he had a, a similar kind of take on, on what they're doing. Of course, they're more in the sort of you know switch voice kind of industry. Um, uh, but especially on, on fraud, that it's, it's in everyone's best interest to get together and stay ahead of the fraudsters together rather than wait uh, and try to blame it on, you know, the other carrier or whatever the case may be. So. A philosophy that we subscribe to, as a matter of fact, um, I spoke to him last week as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. And, and the reason why, because we believe that that is, you know, 
there is a common goal and we mm -hmm. all need to make sure that we articulate we use our scarce resources you know to maximum effect as a, you know interestingly we realize that frosters collaborate with each other uh, wow. yeah right i mean they have their own uh, sort of fraudulent industry standards i guess right? <laughs> i don't know what it's called and i'm sure they don't want me around yeah. but i would like to know more about uh, but really realizing these things makes it even more important that we collaborate well, we, we, we're trying to do some of it and open the sun as well. So we, we, we are um, under the sun with our activities, some of them, and they're nice. In the i3 forum, they, they also support one of our activities in in the um, A2P, so the business messaging area. Mm -hmm. And we're going to rejuvenate the discussion right now. So there's plenty happening uh, that I was yeah. saying. But there should be plenty more. I mean, my, my discussion with Philippe is, how can we do more? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and uh, th that works well with, with some of what I talked about with him, uh, you know, along the lines of these folks that you're bringing together are, are competitive. You're trying to get them to agree on standards. Is, is that a difficult part of your job as, as the CEO to get all these clocks to chime at once, if you will? And, and yeah, so much of it, I, I, I tell everybody that's not my job. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Do it yeah. On a serious point, the... What we look at is as math. We don't look at the standard per se, and we'll come back to that if you want, because standards mm -hmm. are essentials. And let, let's flag, you know, let's flag them up. If standards are good, we should go for it. Mm -hmm. What we looked at math as the as we don't own any standards, we look at processes, mm -hmm. we look at business and business questions. Now, mm -hmm. some businesses have got evident issues that they need to deal with. Right. A, co a coordinated or a single response is what is needed sometimes. Mm -hmm. So we we almost look at the why, not, and uh, and some of the technology out there is probably mm -hmm. the how. Uh, right. But because we all come together, it might it's, it's very difficult to, to agree on a common thing, but it's probably easier to start and looking at and agreeing that there, there's a common pain, let's look mm -hmm. at that. Mm -hmm. And then to start to, uh, to have a debate on how it's best to, um, to go forward and to right. and to deal with it, so absolutely, we we want to to have the end goal is the same, to have a common response or as common as possible. Um, we don't tell them what the answer is, but we facilitate the discussions, which usually brings to that. I see, I see. So to to put a shine a light directly on on what you're saying there. So you're saying you you don't have say like technical working groups that get out and, and actually design, you know, this, the, the technical standards or, or open APIs with each other or something like that. It's, it's more like decision makers focusing on what are the issues that we can all talk about and work out, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we like to be. We, we identify the, the mobile ecosystem forum as a very neutral. So mm -hmm. what we didn't want to have is, apart from any commercial question, which is easier, so we don't make we make money for membership. Our our members pay us money for mm -hmm. for, for existing. That's it. Right. We also don't do a specific implementation, meaning right. that there are lots of other associations, a lot of our organizations out there that are doing great work in standardization of technologies. And um, what we want to is people to come and talk about it, and then have a discussion and see what's out there, even mm -hmm. presenting all of them. And then making whatever choices they, they aspire to. But all of that trying to collaborate, they kind of what you were pointed out before, herding cats. You didn't say that. It's pretty <laughs> yeah, much yeah. what 
yeah. what it feels like sometimes. Um, but it's true because I, I was an operator and there are different uh, aspirations, there were dis- different resources level. But what it's obvious is they were coming from the same framework, some of these mm-hmm. players. And once you realize, even if it's a different player, you do realize that you have to do something and something together. So we bring them to that realization, if you want. We bring right. the conversation to that level. And then let's alone, you know, let's make a decision whether X, Y, or Z. It's great to have options. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what we focus on. Got it. That makes sense. All right. So maybe we could uh, get here into some of the sort of specific issues that, that you think are important in the industry. And I thought maybe we would start with roaming because that's an experience that everyone has had, right? Um, roaming out of their provider's network. Um, what is important to you in, in the world of roaming out there in, in the mobile uh, marketplace today? Well, that's one of those things that we started. Where we, you know, back to what you were asking me for, why MEF existed is to look at the consumer and improve their life with services mm-hmm. like mobile and defend it from the issues that are best. And I think when, when we started in early 2000, roaming was one of those things that everybody was proud about in the mm. industry. And rightly so. A lot of work went in the late 90s and the early 2000s to get it work, you know. Mm-hmm. All of these networks across all of different countries, being able to pick up a phone, and technically the phone itself works across all of these geographies. And it's an amazing feat when you think about it. it. It is truly, you know, sort of an, uh, unprecedented in, in markets like that, you know. And it was so good. I mean, some of us will remember when it wasn't available and, you know, how, what a difficult life it was. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But now it's so easy to it. And guess what? Technology is catching up with that and with that and creating new problems because mm. we are now taking away some of those old networks where all of these was based on, the old 2G, 3G networks. Right. So if I fly to the US, as I've done recently, um, I would get, I've got multiple phones and multiple SIM cards, by the way, so okay. a different plethora of messages. But pretty much one of them said, I'm sorry, we, we, can't, we can't really work in this country right now mm-hmm. because I'm mm-hmm. ah, sorry. So try something else, maybe try some good old Wi-Fi. That was a message, which in itself, it's the industry, you know, looking down and say, oh, I tried, couldn't do it. Right. One of the messages I got from one of the roaming um, messages I got is, well, why don't you try an, an OTT app? They even mentioned mm-hmm. an OTT app, which I'm wow. thinking, it, isn't, isn't this nonsensical? So you are a communication service provider, you go around and tell people, use my biggest competitor. Right, exactly. Yeah, that does not make and, sense. <laughs> no. Yeah. And all of this for roaming, which is an incredibly still profitable service. So how mm-hmm. is that possible? And back to your question, before, perfect question is, don't we have uh, standards? We do have standards. Mm-hmm. There is a technology issue and we have a perfect path to remedy but there is no sense of uh, urgency, mm-hmm. and there is no, and, and that complies multiple elements. I mean, we can Greek fantastic standards, but then it, one of them is called voice over LTE. As you can mm-hmm. imagine, LTE was an anomaly for four G. We're now living in five G area, right. but voice over LTE has not been deployed by all of these operators. And even in the second step, we have not signed agreement. So mm. Some of us to to support it in the network. So m- our listeners, your listeners, probably know more than I do right now. But uh, as uh, as math, we took this as one of the campaigns and supported by members and saying, isn't it time for us to discuss and look at how to go forward? Because 
we're taking away one of the service, almost in a hygiene element of, of a, a mobile ecosystem right now, which is your service of work pretty much right. everywhere there is a mobile operator. And that's, I think that's bad. for industry. Yeah, yes, for sure. I mean, that that is the key thing you expected. Like you said, because it's been 20 years since this has been an issue that we faced as consumers that you expect when the plane lands that you'll turn it on your phone and, you, you know, you'll get service, right? So We also played other things. I mean, another thing that I saw on the little message is how much the cost for megabyte was. Mm-hmm. And I did a quick calculation and to watch them an hour of Netflix or an hour of video services or TV, mm-hmm. it would have cost me about a thousand two hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the... We might have another issue there, but we, we don't talk about obviously commercial propositions, but the industry in as a whole mm-hmm. uh, has got an incredible profitable service there, but it's not looking at its long term and its position in the market. So some alarm bells should mm-hmm. be yeah, because obviously a consumer is going to look at that and say, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Right. So it's it's it, there's no sense in putting out uh, prices that that are uh, ones that no one will pay. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 for that specific phone, that's equivalent to about six years of my Apple. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I said, what yeah. do you realize what, what we are asking is that anyway, here we go. Plenty of activities. And they, again, that shows how. At the core of it, we need to have a common response, like a standard, but we need to have a common interaction that activates Mm -hmm. and then, you know, make sure that that is followed and developed properly commercially. So all of that part is part of the same process. And we we need to, in roaming, we need to re-energize that discussion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there you go. There's, a, there's already a, a good call to action that uh, anyone um, in, in the mobile world out there, if they're not participating in MEF, uh, that, that's a, a good reason to uh, consider why you need to get together and talk about these things, right? So. I, I, may, I may stop you there. Just, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm bad at, at interviews. Uh, what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? I'll say it's, it's a mobile thing. It's a wholesale thing. Mm-hmm. And um, because what some well, many operators and too many and too many small operators right now to, to be able to really activate, but these can be solved at a different le- level, at a different mm-hmm. level. And I think there's a lot more of expectations by now that the roaming hubs of this place they will be able to help you out some of it. Luckily, we're moving a lot of our services to a software base, mm-hmm. which allows to do things in a different way as well. So there is. There's a wider discussion there. I would like to encourage a wider discussion there. Mm-hmm. And telegeography is so, you know, so relevant to this poor market. Now, please, please be, be part of these discussions. I think the solutions might be in your field as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, well, let me bring us then to a, to another topic that, I, that you already brought up, but that I think we could focus in on a lot more, which is fraud, but then maybe just more generally security. So I talk a lot about, the WAN side of things, wireline service and all that, right? And there, of course, security has changed a lot in the last few years based on the changing nature of what private networks are. And especially after COVID with uh, the sort of threat landscape atomizing all over the place, right? What has happened in mobile uh, in terms of security in the last few years? And and is that something that, that MEF works on? I imagine that the same forces like, you know, more activities that are 
sensitive enterprise activities happening over mobile devices, more mobile devices connecting to networks and whatnot, because people are, are working from everywhere all the time, um, is, is security, uh, you know, be, you talked about fraud, but is security in general something that, uh, that MEF is look, working on as well? Yeah, and, and and thanks for reminding me that, Greg, because I should say fraud is one thing, security is another. They kind of mm-hmm. come hand in hand, but mm-hmm. you know people will tell me two different things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and specifically because they we're also relevant to another big topics what we do, which is personal data and identity. Again, mm-hmm. an element that is not fraud there, but a potential element, even mm-hmm. on privacy and another uh, big things that we do track. So um, back on what do we do? Yeah. Well, we start from the same, um, no, it's no magic recipe, but we start talking about stuff. And one, probably the first step is trying to have a framework of what's happening around us. Mm-hmm. So we've got all these intelligent people, real real experts, talking and, and sometimes not understanding each other for a lot of time <laughs> because they talk the same language, yet a different subset of the language or they have a different scheme of things. So one Believe of me. I, I understand that. I, I interview people from all areas of the telecom world. And that's half of what I do is translating in my head in real time. So, yeah. So, yeah. See, so. we need to, we, we need some of your skills here. Yeah. But, um, and it's fun. And it's fun because it's surprising. We've got some of the Eureka moments coming there. One mm-hmm. thing recently was, you know, is security the same thing that it was five or 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. Do we think about security? In the same way, no. Security started with the idea, even of protecting physical things. I understood. In the digital world, it was really protecting your devices because there was the endpoint where your service was consumed. So for us, it was security on the mobile, mm-hmm. security on the SIM card. Right. And a lot of interesting and very good material still going there, by the way. But the next point when it was obvious that it moved to another level, we had to secure your network because it was a network or networks, something evident before. But now the nodes, the points were so many and the control and the system in place were designed in the late 70s when people, or even where people were all you know, behaving you know, as large telcos, mostly nationalized, but should have a few numbers. And that was all you know, a different environment what it is now with the voice over IP, etc. Mm-hmm. This is open up to the nth number of, of players, good and bad. So network was the second point. Now, what we then realized, the most important thing recently, it's almost an escalation of that, is how do you secure your supply chain? Or are we going to use the word that we like a lot, your ecosystem? Mm-hmm. Again, your customer experience, the customer experience that you're and customers will, will experience is actually not yours anymore. Mm-hmm. You're using a lot, starting from, I mean, looking at our company, our our software is hosted by somebody else, our network is somebody else. The way we communicate right now is from not a telecom play. Um, how do we do all of that and yet provide a consistent experience? Right. A bank will look at the same, uh, you know, and they will look back. So I we have a lot of discussion with procurement companies. Mm-hmm. And there, or the procurement parts, departments of some very large companies as well, looking at how all of that can fit together and do they understand how things go? Because that's one of the big risks right now on just buying without knowing what you're getting and not knowing what happens on right. the other side of the contract. And who you can call and whose responsibility it is and all that sort of thing. Yeah. 
Exactly. Or the fact that they themselves, you will call them, but you don't know that they have to go and find out who they have to call themselves. Mm-hmm. This is a chain, and it goes on and on. And that's one of the weaknesses we talked about. So when we look at security, we probably have these, you know, let's say, main themes right now, and we start trying to, to develop them. Security has changed its name. It's now cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. For us in telecom, really, it's the same thing. I can't, I can't imagine the cyber terms mean anything else. It just means that what it was before, just your little, you know, security, little, not really, what your big security remit for a telecom operator is now much bigger because you are providing security that will, you know, links up, as you always done, the banks with our customers, etc. Mm-hmm. And all the networks that are not necessarily your networks anymore. Right. to give one of the examples. So that becomes an important element of how to build trust in the ecosystem. How can you make sure that some players are behaving in the right ways? So probably, if, back to your original question, that's really what we're working a lot right now. How do we identify, create, and build some of that? And I have to say, some of the results are not super new. We built a code of conduct of multiple mm-hmm. code of that you're saying, to make sure that when people agree, they they respect these things, which include processes in the code of conduct. So when things go bad, what do you do? What is bad? What is good? So we have definitions that are there. Back to your question, Greg, on talking about the same language. So for fraud and security as well, we identified terminology for people to report to in the same way. Mm-hmm. So that's some of the things to work on. It, it might not sound the most exciting things for, for, for us to be talking here, but you know what? It makes a big difference. Yeah, that, big that's difference. a really good point. So, so I think everyone thinks of this as a purely technical problem. Uh, you know, both fraud and security, perhaps in general, that, that oh, it's okay, I need, you know, the, the best cryptography and I need, I need the, the most strategically placed, you know, sort of gateways and firewalls and that. But ultimately, I think what, what you're saying is that it, it also comes down to to a process and uh, understanding the, the appropriate response and all that sort of thing that, that is much more sort of like layers of abstraction above the actual technical parts. And, and I think you're absolutely right. We need to talk about all of those things. And all of us great solutions, including the role of AI that we have in, in this element, we have the role of uh, uh, new solutions that are coming to the market. Um, but yet, it's how you stitch them together. Mm-hmm. And what do you use versus what does the other guy next down on, on downstream in the chain right. uh, using? It, it makes a big difference. So I'm thinking that you're perfectly right. Yet, we are surprisingly looking at some of the you know big scandal recently um, involving operators for instance having passports information being released and it happens in two countries right now at the same time so I don't want to point who's a bad guy sure. and some of those were happening not because of cryptography or any lack of technology it's just because somebody forgot to update to to change a password that's right. I mean, that is very often the case, right? Is so uh, security hackers are 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 usually the successful ones are very low tech, right? They're they're building confidence with someone and, and gaining a uh, credentials or something, you know. So welcome the technology and the discussion. We do we do want that discussions of what else is available there. Mm-hmm. 
but don't believe it just because you've bought into the best of class of, right. of security solutions, you're there. And we, we go through a lot of learning, even for internal of what do you have in-house? Do you know what you, big companies don't even know what they have. Mm -hmm. Multiplication of systems, some of them very good, some of them less good. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned something that I, that I want to focus on a little bit more that you talked about the, the sort of whole ecosystem, like even down to devices. Is that, is that something that you guys talk about? Um, like, like the whole supply chain, not just the sort of mobile operators networks. Uh, we, we go up and down in the, in the supply in, in the chain. So we, we have no boundaries. We, we like it all. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's probably a reflection. It used to be in the early 2000s, much more about the devices mm -hmm. than it is now. And it's a good, it, it's part of a part of a standardization process what we have seen. And mm -hmm. we do have two big camps in terms of operating system right now. True. Right. They have, um, you know, good communication internally. So they, you know, what's happening there. So some of the discussions, but and yet there are discussions that are happening at different levels because not everything is yet okay. fully right. understood. But it is different. There's less discussions about the devices itself. So when we talked about the different layers, probably there was a higher concentration on devices 20 years ago, followed by network. Now the focus is probably more also on the supply chain level. Not that you should stop looking at the basic and so on. Never. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or the new devices, where there's a lot of talk, there's more discussions about the IoT devices. While we understand a bit more what's happening in the personal device sphere, as I said, more mature, big player and big education information happening there. The IoT camps has not been that good sometimes because we're buying equipment sometimes on, on the, oh, it's a cheaper one. Hence our mm -hmm. discussion, you know, procurement as well. Yeah, you might buy the cheap, but unfortunately, the you know, they, they, they might have a password for that specific motor or something else, which is uh, one, two, three, four. Now, right. yeah. because yeah. it comes pre-standard, standardized with that. Is that your procurement? It, does that allow, you know, Trojan access to the service? Are you mm -hmm. putting something at risk? Yes, you are. And I'm talking about something that's mostly been addressed by now, but right. it is, well, recently, still, still to mm -hmm. be said, but it's one of the clear examples of, ah, that moment, I do understand now why security needs to be a design feature from point one, can right. do that and it needs to be an ecosystem of all the things that I will be employing to deliver the service, including who are my suppliers mm -hmm. and who am I supplier to. That perspective, difficult to approach, if you, even if you are a CISO in the big company. Right. You don't have access to all of these people at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's the huge problem, right? Is is a coordination problem across so many different stakeholders who who make their decisions for different reasons and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. So you know, I also wanted to talk about another big issue that I think would be relevant to um, all sides here, like a uh, You know, the, the 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 providers, the end users, enterprises, and that's service provisioning and sort of, um, you know, turning around uh, uh, service times and, and that sort of thing. I, I have one of these stories where you think, oh, that's not really true. I, I promise you, literally yesterday I was talking to the procurement head of a large, well-known uh, uh, business services company that has offices around the world. And she said, 
I just got told I have 60 days to bring up like a, a, an office in, in Guatemala. Right? So, this is this is a very real world problem that uh, that people struggle with on, on again, both sides, the, the service providers and the end users and everything. So what are you guys doing in the mobile world to look at sort of service provisioning about, you know, turning on uh, new networks, spreading networks around the world, that kind of thing, um, keeping up with with these demands, not just for like quick turnaround of turning an office on, but that as we've all gone back to the office and we're doing this kind of call instead of a, a, a handset or whatever, that the bandwidth demand keeps skyrocketing. And so they're looking maybe to mobile to, to shore that up. Um, what would MEF sort of look at in terms of, uh, you know, that ability to provision service quickly and adequately and at the right bandwidths and all that kind of thing? You, you you ask me easy questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easily. Um, well, okay. But starting, let's see if I can divide it up a bit. Starting, are we looking at it? Yes. Interestingly, service provisioning for the mobile world was a big concern 20 years ago because there was no mobile network. I remember I, I went mm-hmm. to Greenfield. I, 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 I helped to set up, it wasn't just me, a mobile operator. We were five the first day in, in, um, in a country in Myanmar. And I can tell you, then you realize a lot of things. Is how do you build a network? Well, and we had about quickly, we, we, we gave ourselves six months to start. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we all, well, I think we did it <laughs> almost. That, that was impressive days. in Myanmar. Yeah, so, it yeah. was impressive. In Myanmar, yeah. all the questions that we had, we're not going into the details. This is an incredible story. I love to. All the people who work there have got uh, also great, great stories to say. But um, uh, back to that, that we're now living in a, in a place where mobile operators exist. They have things in place. And yet, service provision, provision is today a big issue because mm-hmm. of the volume, the expansions, right. the demand, and the fact that the mobile network is, by nature, slightly more unpredictable mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of what happens in spikes and demands and people moving, etc. It did do very well with COVID-19, surprisingly, so much mm-hmm. that we're now seeing realizations and technology support to fix wireless you know, switch. It is happening. At a faster rate as well, because right. we're reaching with new areas as well. But on the service provisioning, um, the bandwidth demand is the key area. It's not covering of new ad territories, etc. Et I think mm-hmm. geographically speaking, is more fixed wireless access um, more than something else in terms of additional geographies mm-hmm. for for service. I would I would say, um, but the bandwidth demand is growing and is showing some issues on five G which probably talk about 5G. 5G, mm-hmm. there's a bit of a saying in the industry, which is even in odd numbers in generations of mobiles that mean different things. Hmm. Kind of like the Star Trek films, like it was <laughs> the, the odd numbered and even numbered had different quality for some reason. The even number seems to have a, a better quality uh, somewhere appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, being more appreciated by the market, let's say. So 5G is finding out that they are, we're now seeing, first of all, it's a very expensive thing to do, as always they have. It is a much denser network in some times, depends mm-hmm. on which flavors you choose. But bringing bandwidth there and bringing right. that quality of service, it's a big thing. Right. And what in the industry we refer to sometimes is the two-bar 5G. So you don't, mm-hmm. 5G, you don't get a two-bar. But even when you look at it, the availability 
of the, the streaming of it, the great um, bandwidth promise is not realizing it's not that much faster. Implementation. Be- because of issues with tower radius, uh, uh, penetration, that kind of thing, basically? And I, and yes, all of that, and that specifically will be the two the two bars, you know, the power or what you're mm-hmm. reaching you. But in the end, what we think is upstream, you don't have enough mm-hmm. fiber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's really your service provision, your, your bandwidth. How do you grieve to a much more denser network? How do you bring up, already was right. for, 4G was a big problem. How do you bring up so much granular bandwidth to all these points to push it out or right. the service and poor mobile operators. I used to be one of those planning for, for other services as well, but it's always the challenge increases continuously because you, right. you have to keep on building, keep you excavating on, on getting there. It's not just the tower itself. It's not just the antenna. And the fact that now you're more likely to share with others, etc. It's also how to bring that quality in so many places because we're still mm-hmm. kind of demanding more well, well you could say 5g however it whether you always need the odd number and the even number now the promise is something much greater is arriving and by the way there is a 5.5g which mm-hmm. was discussed at mobile w mwc the mobile world congress just recently mm-hmm. so it, it, it will come in and implementation operators are, are going to start spending a bit more capex for operators in mobile operators as we know is becoming a, a difficult balance because mm-hmm. the bit the, the, the amount of money they can invest right now has been reduced by all the, the things that we do know erosion in um, you know overall average revenue they right. get per connections etc etc so you can imagine the 5g will take a bit more to um, evolve quality wise while the surprise of the good news is that the, the the number of 5g devices coming to the market is very healthy so mm-hmm. people are finding into their phones. People are using the services, etc. Right, right. So I, I want to focus on something that you just said there that that uh, the sort of average rates per user, the 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 revenue coming in on a per user basis have gone down. What what do you attribute that to uh, mostly? Uh, that, that's a, it's another two hour discussions we yeah, can have okay. now here. In, in your, your 30 second version of that two hour discussion, yeah. So. Okay, I yeah. don't know. But I think yeah. that um, there is a one big theme has been the commoditizations of telecommunication services. What we'll right. see is. Apply to all telecom services, not just mobile, certainly. So. Yeah, and then and it started with, you know, if you want voice, but SMS and data mm-hmm. now. Uh, we all need it, I should say. Some of the services that we do expect, so the service itself, if you look even at data as a service, rather data is just a you know, transparent part of the service. Mm-hmm. I am now doing, I, I need to watch my TV and use an IP connections. I want it, but I don't think much how much I spend it. I'd rather be spending, thinking of my money into the service itself. Right. That's what I, I get excited about. You know, people were super excited in the early 2000s or the late 90s. People would know uh, the Nokia phones, if you remember those things, mm-hmm. as, as a sequential numbers. And I, even myself, I was working. I couldn't know. But pe- my friends were telling me about these, the 60-30 versus the 52-87. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. Their level of excitement has gone. With that has gone their level of expectations. And they 
And unfortunately, the operators have also competed because there was a regulatory framework we found into pricing because there's been a you know the arrival of multiple frequency and multiple bands. Great things to you know, also improve the com you know the competition, but the services, but mostly the coverage at one point. Reduce right now because it was kind of strangling the competition was creating a price competition and everything and reducing the potential for the long term investment that were necessary in the industry as well. So that's mm-hmm. and as much as this is a very contentious ratio, many of my members will say yes, more players welcome or, or fewer. We have seen that at the network level there has been a compression. There is much more active and passive network sharing. And the only reason why that is so common is because it's really expensive to build new, new networks that are more dense, etc. Right. And the entire industry, if you look at the output, has grown down dramatically in terms of uh, relevance and importance. We also have seen how they've been you know, the buying power of customers is reduced and they think rather be buying something else or buying this, etc. So put it all together, our two hours and a half of discussion. (laughs) I think that's what is happening. There is multiple regulatory and um, market pressure that has helped to the price, the accessibility of bandwidth to go down so fast. Meanwhile, the uh, you know the excess capacity in terms terms of powers and uh, or buying power has been taken by the services on top rather mm-hmm. than telco below. That meant everything more expensive for a telco to think and roll out. Right, six G has got that written in front of his uh, the standards pretty much right now. Even if it doesn't fully exist, this is a well. How do we afford this? Is now a very very big component of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, and, you know, prob- if I were talking to an ISP, I think in, in some respects that that story wouldn't be that different, right? It's that that, that w- my, my consumers are using me to get to the OTT services that, that I bring to them. And so the eyeballs just aren't worth the same in, in that sense. And, and other pressures have driven the cost per bit of, of bandwidth down. So is, is there a sense in which your, your mobile phone is, is not different than your sort of, uh, you know, cat six cable coming out of your, your home Wi-Fi router, right? It's like, it's, it is, it's become a commodity to deliver a whole bunch of other things to you that the provider, uh, doesn't, doesn't, uh, get any sort of revenue from. Right. So. And, and you're absolutely right that we were selling that way. My way, you're the expert at telegeography. You can tell me, but what is this, you know, bandwidth, these bits of data, you know, going from where to where? Where is it going? Because mm-hmm. you just mentioned Wi-Fi, which we cover on math because it's a mobile experience. Yet right. it ends up being on ISP a lot of the time. Well, equally, I could say that a lot of the wholesale traffic, the majority of wholesale traffic, voice, non-voice, it's probably mobile traffic right now. Well, mm-hmm. also we play. Mm-hmm. So, point. yeah. And I am thinking, well, you've got the numbers, so I will refer mm-hmm. to as soon as you, you share where. But that's what I'm thinking that it's it's a different um, area we are in where it's difficult to make it, it, it distinguish between mobile and fixed as we used to do at one point. Right. Yeah. yeah. Were, I mean, we have that problem in our data, absolutely. But but I can tell you with, with certainty that yes, a lot of voice calls as such not ott calls or whatever well lots of ott calls too we, we we can't see that but are terminating to mobiles right that's where people still actually dial a phone number right so is in the mobile space you know so we we live the same larger ecosystem and we as as math realize that we and so we understand that fixed and mobile are now 
following the same pattern because mm -hmm. they're almost linked as the same service, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that, that's why no surprise with the maturity of the services is equal now. Right. Right. The adoption in usage, yeah, okay, there's more moving to mobile, but it, again, it's uses the same, it's the same framework. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Especially on, on the sort of wholesale side, right? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So b before we wrap up here, um, you've, you've broached the topic several times. I want to dive in a little bit more on 6G. It does, 5G has been on everyone's minds for so long and now we're sort of finally there, with, certainly with mobile service, a little bit getting there with fixed wireless access. You mentioned that 6G, one of the impediments might be just revenue justification. But could you take us through sort of, well, you know, first of all, certainly your even and odd analogy a little bit more, right? And uh, and what would 6G do? So, so, you know... I'm not a mobile guy, but it was always been my understanding that with 5G, the, the great leap forward was primarily the amount of bandwidth, right? Just the actual throughput, as well as some other things like network slicing and, and, and whatnot. What is it about 6G that would be worth adopting? Is it just yet again more bandwidth? Are there other features that, that would make it um, uh, worth uh, putting money and, and thought into? Yes. And I'll come back to my point, which we are not doing the, the standards. Right. So I'm right, keeping right. as a neutral point. And, yeah, and that's yeah. why it's easier for me to, to talk good about what they're doing as well, and because they're really trying to, to do their best, and as well as give them some challenges as a feedback. And the feedback with 5G is definitely about bandwidth. The other part of it is about business, which we don't talk about a lot, mm -hmm. is a lot about 5G. The industry is moving from a consumer-led market mm -hmm. to business-led market, which is also representations mm -hmm. of, if you want, the telecommunication is everything is wholesale or everything is business because you're, right. you're now providing service for somebody else. Right. It's how people are looking at it. So if you look at the 5G specs, there's a lot of it. But don't touch me and you as consumers, but we touch the company that will provide services to us. Right. Including IoT, you know, including how many devices we can have in the same, you know, very questions of network latency mm -hmm. and so on. Mm -hmm. Which again, if you're for voice and other things, everything that human like me and you can, we don't know about the, mm -hmm. this, you know, this new latency requirement um, because we can't perceive them, but they're so important when you try to do something with humans, you know, even right. VR, OER, etc., etc. So there's a lot of good stuff in five G. Mm -hmm. which hasn't seen the light yet, and but it's now fundamental for something that will come later. Right. And and the bandwidth question we're talking about, it has unfortunately hit the same wall, which is where is it coming from? How you attach? Is your network? Mm -hmm. And it will take time. The good thing, and the reason why probably even versus odd numbers is it takes time to build that level of uh, of bandwidth. Right. Again, especially with with 5G and the spectrum that it's using, having a limited radius, having poor penetration, the tower density has to be a lot higher. And to your point, something lay people, even some people in the industry forget is that is that the only wireless part of the journey is from your device to the tower, right? So, you know, is, yeah. We get excited about the mobility, but the, we're still talking to a, you know, a 95% of investment somewhere right. <laughs> goes on other things. Mm -hmm. um, but that 5% is now very, very important. Right. And in some markets, it's much more than 5% investment. Right. Depends on the structure and so on. Uh, but it's a magic. 
of where mm-hmm. everything make, it becomes mobile. But it's becoming so, you know, so dense uh, again. And there are different flavors of 5G, and we can talk about it. But we can see how the issues of bandwidth is what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 5G, and talking about things that I don't understand because I'm not intelligent enough, has got all of this great technology behind it. You know, how they, how they use antennas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how the antennas are receiving the sound. That's the frequency used as well. Incredible in trying to really to be faster and more efficient. Yes. They're using a lot of power and raw mm-hmm. power at the mm-hmm. moment as well, which happens in doing an economic crisis, which is also an energy crisis right. and an environmental crisis. And the question is 5G, good or bad for environment? We'll see later. The, the judges are there. But the 5G uses a lot of data, of, mm-hmm. sorry, of energy. Right. It's probably taken as is true. Now, you could say there are efficiencies, you're sending so much stuff out there. Yes, mm-hmm. but you're still using a lot of uh, energy. Right. And energy does account for a lot of the expenditure in TLC. Yeah, in absolutely. Telecommunications and et cetera. And a lot of the emissions, if you're about three point five percent, we believe, of the emissions from the ICT world for mm. CO two. So that's that's, that's really high. That that surprises me. Yeah, interesting. It, yeah. It's, it surprised me as well. Not on our number. Uh, I think others have uh, signed up to it. One of them being GSMA as well, which represents mm-hmm. the mobile operator. So I think, so I think it's a solid number that we should believe. And it's ICT in its wider and includes me and you and the. The, the amount for use of these phones mm-hmm. and everything else, which is definitely a billions of people in, in the number scales up. And quickly, when you come up to 6G, I say, what do we have to look at? And not surprisingly, you can do a lot of exciting things with uh, radios, mm-hmm. just like 5G has done lots of exciting things with radios. And one of them would be even using radio as a radar. And I like, if you, if yeah. anybody's interested in 5G or specific, uh, you know, 5G of uh, maybe Star Wars or Star mm-hmm. Trek, that's one of some of the things we've been talking about. So they will be able to use that to identify you specifically and see where you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. Fantastic application. So, and yeah. not about telecommunication itself. Right. Um, so we're, we're looking at all around, you know, how to make sense of the world using the 5G and 6G now network. Mm-hmm. Another element which we expect and where there's a lot of discussion is the efficiency. Which is interesting. It's moving away from the radio access almost to other elements of. Definitely, we're going to see improvements in speed and delivery, etc. But it becomes less and less, even if more required and important, uh, less of a sexy bit. Mm-hmm. In the, we're trying to find out new things that are coming. But the other things that 6G needs to look at is uh, um, what's happening at the bottom, which is everything is turning into software. Right, right. Well, so those are some of the big things that have been put forward in, in their discussions. And do I need to say after our discussions, affordability a bit mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. an operator? Who pays for what? Right. <clears throat> so that's, uh, that's part of the discussions. And sometimes we will say even models of usage. It's not a surprise that the biggest announcement for Mobile World Congress, and I'm apologies if you know mobile and I'm, I'm quoting that twice, but it's a big thing that happens oh, in Barcelona. Believe it or not, hundreds of thousands of people are there, including lots of a fixed environment. And why? Because uh, that is changing a lot of the services we're looking at. API mm-hmm. was a big discussion. Right, right. API it was a big announcement about how 
it's not the first time and it didn't be like you know some types of this is a sequel in our cinematography parallel world <laughs> this is definitely the third sequel and some people are looking at it skeptical surprising however but godfather might tell you that right. you know you might still have a, a big surprise coming later yeah. so these apis not the first time the gsma or the, mo the mobile industry attempts to provide these apis but it might be a significant step, even if not necessarily noted too much until now in, in the industry. Mm -hmm. And it's what you would expect 6G and others to do, to, to standardize access to some of the inf magic information we told you about, you know, using using right. using 6G using the radio networks as a radar to identify where things are, how they are, what they are doing, as well as the payments, identity, and other things that you know, constitute the right now the, the, the mobile network awesome. bone. That means it's it's going to have to include blockchain, right? So <laughs> you can't I mean, you can't get it through a conversation in tech right now without someone bringing up blockchain. It's just it's the bane of my existence. <laughs> we, we, we almost made it, Greg. Until yeah. we, we had to bring it. Yeah. In my uh, yeah. and in my field, let's let's do it with Web three point zero, which yeah. does include the uh, and uh, other key questions of how we're going to be using. The future services, if, if let's not use metaverse, even if it's another mm. little kick into the bingo that should we play. But mm -hmm. if it's not metaverse, the new reality exploring right. technology, AR, VR, etc. Well, I mean, that's that's that really interesting stuff that I, I would like to keep up with. Maybe I need to convince my boss to send me to Barcelona to <laughs> Marvel World Congress next year. We'll host you. Yeah. So, um, Excellent. Well, this is this has been a, a really uh, interesting, useful conversation for me, um, and I'm sure our, our listeners as well. Especially to get kind of, uh, I, I find interesting to see just how many parallels there are between the mobile and, and the wire line world, and and how you know a, a lot of these challenges are, are so similar. Uh, Dario, how, how can uh, listeners keep up with with you and your work at MEF? The easiest thing I would say, go to our website, which is www.mobileecosystemforum.com. It's a long name, but it mm -hmm. will work. Mobileecosystemforum.com. In there, you can also subscribe to our um, weekly newsletter, which shows a, a few of the things that we're doing. Because yes, we're doing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. We're really exciting. And a lot of things we do realize are now common to, as you were saying, to fix a mobile. So a, lo Great. a lot of interesting conversation we'd love to have with you guys. Yeah, excellent. All right. Thanks so much for joining me. This was great fun. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Telegeography Explains the Internet comes from the experts here at Telegeography. It's edited and produced by Jane Miller, and it's hosted by me, Greg Bryan. And I also wrote that theme song you're listening to right now. To learn more about our data, jump over to telegeography.com, and we'll see you on the Internet.